Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Well, it's good to see everyone. You can be seated this morning, and we're glad you're here. We welcome all of you that are here for the first time and those that are watching online. We're going to have a great time this morning. In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. I believe that today. I don't believe you're here by accident. I believe the Lord brought you here. And I'm going to minister on a subject today, as Pastor Isaac mentioned, one of our favorite subjects, pain. I'm going to talk about pain. But uh, I'm going to just give us a different perspective because all of us in life have experienced some form or some type of pain, some worse than others. And what can we learn from pain? Why is pain even in our lives? And we've been talking about this mosaic. And when you think about a mosaic, a bunch of broken pieces that we've been talking about this month, that they begin to form and create this beautiful picture. It's usually broken tile, uh, broken rock or stone, even glass, and different shapes and forms. And you have to, it has to be broken before it can be a part of the mosaic. There's a, there's a lot of pain and brokenness. And they begin to form this creation or this design. And when you first see it being formed, it doesn't seem like much, just a bunch of broken pieces. But then after the person that's designed it and created it, it's, it's this beautiful picture or this beautiful creation. And God uses that in our lives, or we could use our own lives as an analogy to a mosaic, that God uses all of our broken pieces, all the different pain in our life today. And he does something beautiful. It hurts, but there's something beautiful that comes out of it. And I'm going to read this scripture that I've been reading this month, Isaiah chapter 61, verse number three. God will be will bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So let's pray as we dive into this message. Father, I thank you today for every person that is sitting in this building. God, you know where they're at spiritually. You know what state of mind they are. You know their state of heart today. You know what's going on in their lives, the different things that they deal with, and the different stress and pressure that's going on in their lives today. I pray the Holy Spirit today would speak into their hearts. And Lord, today that you would just... uh, minister to them where they're at. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit today as I declare your word and that we would give you our 100% undivided attention. God, remove every distraction. And I pray that the people would hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said, so here's the reality that most of us understand. There is no such thing as a pain-free life. You're never going to live life without any pain. As long as you're on this planet, as long as you live on this earth, there's going to be emotional pain. There's going to be 
relational pain. There's going to be physical pain. There's going to be pain in different areas of your life. And most of us already know that this is not heaven. Am I right? And heaven is going to be the place of no more sorrow, no more pain, no more crying. But we're not in heaven yet. So as long as we're on this earth, there's going to be a degree of pain. And as much as you want to live life without pain, believe it or not, pain does serve a purpose. Most of us don't want to hear this, but I'm going to preach the Bible. Is that all right? I need to preach the truth. And most of the time when we talk about pain, people check out and say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. But can I tell you, I may not know, but God does. And he knows exactly what's going on in your life. And he knows exactly the pain that you're going through. Uh, One analogy that I want to use is uh, a particular coach by the name, or he used to be a coach. He's now an NFL commentator. Uh, His name is Tony Dungy. And Tony Dungy was the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at one time, and then he was also the coach of the Indianapolis Colts, and he actually led them into uh, Super Bowl, and they defeated the Chicago Bears and Super Bowl 41 for you Chicago Bears fans, just a reminder. And so here, here he is. I'm not, I'm not a Colts fan, but anyway, I'm not a Bears fan either. But years ago... Uh, He talked about his son, and his son is much older now, but when his son was younger, um, um, his son is born with uh, a genetic disease, and the disease basically, it causes him not to feel pain. He can feel things, but he cannot feel pain. Uh, He feels the sensation. Now, that may sound like a good thing to most of us, at the beginning is what uh, Coach Dungy says. He said, it may sound good at first, but I promise you it is not. This is what he says. He said, we've learned a lot about pain in the last five years that we've had Jordan. He said, we've learned that some hurts are really necessary for kids. Pain is necessary for kids to find out the difference between what's good and what's not. He said, my son Jordan loves cookies. Cookies are good, he said. But in Jordan's mind, if they're good out on the plate on the table, they're even better in the oven. So he'll go right into the oven when his wife's not looking, reach in, take the rack, take the pan out, burn his hands, eat the cookies, burn his tongue, and never feel a thing. He doesn't know that it's bad for him. He doesn't have a fear of anything. Now, this is a rare disease that they say many people don't live past the age of 21 because they fear nothing. Nothing is painful. Nothing hurts. And so they constantly have to watch him because he doesn't realize what pain is. And Tony Dungy, who's a born-again Christian, said, why does the Lord allow pain in your life? Why do bad things happen to good people? If God is a God of love, why does he allow these hurtful things to happen? And this is what he said. Pain is the body's way of telling us to be careful. There are some things that, that you're going to go through your entire life, he says, and you're going to feel pain. Now, a lot of people would think, well, I think pain is a curse. And I want you to know, Dungy says, we learn that a lot of times because of the pain, 
the temporary pain, because it's not going to last forever, you learn what's harmful, and you learn what to stay away from. He said, pain sometimes lets us know we have a condition that needs to be healed. Pain inside sometimes lets us know that spiritually there's things to be healed. Sometimes pain is the only way that will turn us back to God. He said, there is a purpose in your pain. And he said, the greatest contribution in this world, your greatest ministry, your greatest service will not be through your strength, but through your pain, sharing your weakness and pain with others. And he makes this statement, we impress with our strength, but we connect through our weaknesses. The greatest way you can connect with people is through your pain. We can impress people with a lot of things that we've done on the outside. And a lot of people can say, ooh, ah, all that. But I want you to know you'll never connect with those people. You'll connect through your pain. Who better can help someone who has gone through some things? Let's just say, for example, if you've gone through a divorce, who better can help someone that's gone through a divorce than somebody else that's gone through a divorce? Who better can help someone that has lost their finances and maybe experienced bankruptcy than someone that's already gone through that? Who better can help a parent or a problem or a special needs child than someone that has a special needs child? Who better can help somebody who's going through a cancer situation than someone who's going through cancer? Who better can hand, help someone that's been abused or raped than someone that's already gone through that? The very thing that we are embarrassed about, the very thing that we try to hide many times could be our greatest ministry to touch somebody else's life. And so many times when we think about pain, we think, man, I want to get rid of pain. I want, I want to just throw it away. Don't waste the pain. I said, don't waste the pain. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, don't waste the pain. That's hard to say. I understand that. And today we're going to talk about how God uses your pain, your experiences, your problem, and your difficulty. And I hope you won't waste the pain that you've gone through because God wants to use that to touch somebody else's life. Believe it or not, we can profit from our problems. We can learn how to harvest our hurt. We can advance from our adversity. We can learn from our losses. We can improve from our injuries. God has a way today that he could use your pain. Most people never gain from their pain. Why don't we wrestle with bears? Because the bear or the pain is unbearable, right? Pain is unbearable. So what I want to do today is how do we gain from this pain, from this brokenness, from this broken mosaic? How do we do that? Paul the Apostle said it this way in Galatians 3, 4. He says, have you gone through all this for nothing? Is it really all for nothing? In other words, haven't you grown from your pain or have you, left, have you wasted it? We used to say a term years ago, and I know it's probably not something that people say today, but back then we used to say, I w I've gone through the school of hard knocks. They say, what university did you go to? What school did you go through, pastor? The school of hard knocks. I've gone through a lot of things in my life, and I've gained some experience and wisdom from the things that have happened in my life, negative th things that have happened, disappointment, and I can claim some wisdom, and I can impart that into you so you don't have to go through all the school of hard knocks that I went through. 
But God will use pain to get our intention. Look at what Proverbs 20, verse 30 says. Sometimes it takes a painful situation to make us change our ways. Isn't that true? Sometimes something has to happen. Something painful has to happen for the alarm to wake you up. For you to get a wake-up call, for you to realize, man, I need to change. I need to make some decisions. I need to make some adjustments in our lives. Sometimes God will use pain to direct us. In other words, we are looking for direction. We're looking which way to go. And God will use that pain to direct us. Sometimes God uses pain, excuse me, to correct us, to show us what's wrong in our life. Other times, God uses pain to perfect us. We need to become more like Jesus. God's working on our character. Other times, God is using pain to protect us. In other words, he's allowing this smaller problem or this painful problem or smaller painful problem so you can avoid a larger painful problem. And other times, God uses pain to inspect us, to show us what's really inside of you. So you don't really know where your faith is until you experience some pain. We can say, oh, I'm all this. I'm man, man, I'm God, man, woman of faith and power. But as soon as you experience some pain, where's all the faith? Where's all that power? Because it really does inspect what's inside of us. So God uses pain to get our attention more than anything else. And all of us today, if you're experiencing pain in your body, it's getting your attention. Uh, how do you know you have a toothache? You've got to have some pain, right? How do you know something's wrong with your tooth? How, how do you know your baby or you get a, an ear, your pain, you get a pain in your ear, tells you something wrong in your ear. You have an infection there. You got, you got something going on in your, in your uh, bones or in your neck. And I'm saying there's some people that are pain in the neck. No, but you got a pain there. It's not a person. You actually have a physical pain. So I know who the pain in the neck is. So you need to know that pain will tell you that something's wrong, right? And I, I read this. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, God whispers to us in our pleasure, but he shouts to us in our pain. Pain is God's megaphone. Pain is God's wake-up call. Pain will tell you when something is wrong uh, in your relationship uh, it, it, with your spouse or whoever you're married with today. They will tell you there's something wrong, something wrong in the relationship. And if you don't change, you may lose that relationship. People that if you've ever met someone that's had a heart attack, all of a sudden, man, they're eating healthy. All of a sudden, they're exercising because that pain alerted them of something. Am I correct? Things that happen, you know, you, you get, you get a, a few speeding tickets, that pain of pain it, and, and not, boy, I'm telling you, it'll change you. Awesome, you're like this man, this model driver. You're stopping at everything. You're driving the speed limit, right? Because uh, pain has caused you to change something. Pain has caused you to realize something is wrong. And see, we have to be authentic about our pain because many times we want to airbrush our pain. We want to put makeup on it like there's nothing going on. And I'm going to tell you today, you're not always going to live life where everything is great or everything is awesome. There are many times where you're going to have pain. In fact, Paul the Apostle, one of the great men of God in the Bible that wrote one-third of the New Testament, is really honest when, he comes, when it comes to pain. He really talks about pain. 
and he shares his pain and all the things that he went through in life because he wanted them to realize that, that we're not going to live a pain-free life. Their pain is the reality. You have to know. You're going to have to live with some pain in your life. But thank God you're not going to be alone. you got Jesus. Hallelujah. And so there's five things that I want to share with you today about your pain. First one, write this down. The first thing I want you to know, pain will always draw us closer to God if you let it. Now, here's the thing about pain. Pain will either draw you closer to God or away from God. Can I be honest with you? Instinctively, by instinct, when we go through pain... It should automatically draw us to God. How many times have you seen our nation go through things, whether there's some type of crisis that is going on? Most of us remember we're coming up on that date, date 9-11, and we remember people were in prayer, churches were open, people were turning to God, whether it's a hurricane or some type of uh, flood or whatever it is, or even during the pandemic, People are turning to God and wanting to pray. So most of the time that pain happens in our life, it would draw us closer to God. We're supposed to get better, not bitter. Right? We're supposed to get better, not bitter. Paul the Apostle talks about his experience with pain, and he says this in 2 Corinthians 1, 8, Paul says, we were crushed and overwhelmed. That's pretty, that's pretty bad right there. And saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. But then look at what he said, but that was good. For then we put everything into the hands of God who alone could help us or save us, and he did help us. So Paul is saying, look at what he's saying, this was good. Why is he saying that? We were crushed. We were overwhelmed. In other words, we were over our heads. We were ready to give up. Basically, he's saying we were ready to be defeated, but he said it was good. Why was it good? He said because it caused us or drew us closer to God. Through this pain, through this crushing, he's saying uh, rather than draw him away from God, it drew him closer to God. How many people do you know because the pain come to Christ? There's a lot of people that, I have real, that I've seen come to the Lord because they're experiencing pain in their life from an addiction, from a habit, from, from a bad relationship, from mistakes that they made. How many of us this morning came to Christ because of pain? We call it the D-Day. What is D-Day? Divorce, death, disaster, defeat, depression, distraction, difficulty, and disappointments. How many of us came to Christ for that reason? It will draw us closer to God. It will cause us to turn to God. I need you guys to be honest this morning, okay? Don't act like you're not pain. You don't have any pain in your life because all of us do, including myself. I'll share some of my pain in just a few moments and let you know that this guy right here has experienced some pain in his life. You've experienced pain in your life. A lot of us right here, were, and during this sermon, I'm going to just be real. You're putting your shield up. You're trying to act, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not. Friend, I'm telling you, throughout the Bible, people went through pain. Paul the apostle went through pain, and he was doing the will of God. We went through pain, and we weren't even serving God. This guy is serving God, and he's going through pain. Look at what it says, 2 Corinthians 7, 9. He says, I'm glad 
He says, not because it hurts you, but because the pain turned you to God. He said, I'm not glad that you're suffering. I'm not glad that you're going through all this pain. I'm just glad that this pain caused you to turn to God. So first of all, pain should instinctively draw us closer to God. Second, write this down, pain will draw us closer to others. Not just to God, but the purpose is also to draw us closer to other people. Nothing will mature your love unless you go through some pain. Suffering causes you to be a little bit more sensitive. Suffering will cause you to deepen your love. It'll transform you. I'll just be honest. I've seen the most stubborn, pig-headed person, self-centered, self, you know, all of this. All of a sudden, they go through some pain, and all of a sudden, their whole life is transformed. I've seen some bitter people, mean people. All of a sudden, they went through pain. Man, they're like the nicest person you ever met. Like, what happened to this guy? He went through some pain. It changed his perspective. It changed his attitude. Don't be a Grinch. I was thinking about that song. Uh, Mr. Grinch, remember that song? You're a mean one. Mr. Grinch, you really are a heel. You're a cuddly, cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. Man, that's pretty bad, huh? Can I, can I read another verse? You're a monster, Mr. Grinch. Your heart's an empty hole. Your brain is full of spiders. You're, you've got garlic in your soul, Mr. Grinch. I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. Man, that's pretty bad, huh? I started reading those verses. I go, this is a pretty bad guy. I mean, who wants to be a Mr. Grinch? Because you know, sometimes we're like a Mr. Grinch. And when you experience a little pain, it'll revolutionize your soul. And if you've ever met someone that says, well, I just want to be alone. I want... There's no such thing as a lone ranger in the kingdom of God. Even the Lone Ranger had Tonto, am I right? He had to have a friend. He had to have somebody. A lot of us said, I'm just going to be isolated. I'm going to be just independent. I'm not going to let anyone around me. And I talked about it last week. It is not good for man to be alone. And we're not just talking about marriage. We're talking about relationship. God made us in his image. God made us for relationship. And I pity anyone that says, you know what? I don't need anyone else. Have you ever met someone said, man, I've been so hurt in life that I don't want to get close to anyone. So now you'll never have any good solid relationships around you. Man, I was, you know, I was treated badly at a job. So what? You're not going to work anymore? Right? Man, I was driving and somebody cut me off. But you're not going to drive anymore? Man, I got bad service at a restaurant. What, you're not going to go eat anymore? So a lot of us today, we want to isolate ourselves. And if we're not careful, we, we begin to be alone. And I'm telling you, it's not healthy. We need that accountability. We need people around us that will point out things in our lives. And sometimes it's painful. A lot of us have blind spots. Did you hear me? We have blind spots. And I've talked to people before and I said, listen, you, you've got some blind spots here. Let me just point some things out to you. To Mary, they go, Pastor, I don't see it. I just don't see it. That's why it's the blind spot. 
You don't see it, but I'm pointing it out to you. Your attitude is wrong. Your demeanor is wrong. Your perspective is wrong. What you said is wrong. I don't see it. I don't, I don't get it. See, that's the problem. You got to have somebody on the outside that will point out something, and you got to be a man and handle it. Take it like a man. Okay, thank you for pointing that out. I didn't know that. I'm going to improve. I'm going to change that in my life. Somebody say amen. And so we can never love until we get hurt. You're not going to love anyone until you learn to experience hurt. Then you're going to learn how to love people. It'll mature you. So again, all of these things, we need people in our life to help us. This is why I've been talking about our connect groups on Friday night. I said our connect groups on Friday night. We have these home groups. Now, we love to have church here on Sunday and Wednesday, but Friday night, we meet in different homes. We have several different connect groups that you can go to and connect with people and build relationship and have some deeper fellowship with other people and get to know some people. People will pray for you. You'll be able to relate. You'll find out that there's other people going through the same pain you're going through, going through the same thing. Well, I don't want to get around people. Guess what? You're never going to grow. You're never going to mature. You're never going to learn. Because you want to isolate yourself. That's why Galatians 6, 2 says, by helping each other with your troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. So all of us this morning, if you're going to experience the real, real love of God, you've got to experience and understand that pain is part of a life and you can help someone out. Now, number three, write this down. I got to move quickly. Pain will help us become more like Jesus. How many pray, I want to be more like Jesus. I want to walk like Jesus. I want to talk like Jesus. Uh, well, then you're going to have to go through what Jesus went through. There's a thing in, there's a scripture in Ephesians 5, that says that if we're going to grow and be, we have to produce the fruit of the spirit. It says love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control, all of these nine qualities. You learn these qualities, believe it or not, in the opposite a situation. How do you learn to have joy when you experience grief? How do you learn to have peace when you experience chaos? How do you learn how to be patient? You got to learn how to wait. Am I right? They're usually the opposite situations. How do you learn to love someone? You experience rejection. And so Jesus was our greatest example. Jesus was able to go through the suffering and the pain, but he never became bitter. He was always better. Jesus is our great example. See, some people let pain become, uh, uh, basically allow, it to allow pain to bury them when it can actually be a stepping stone in your growth with God. Other times, pain will become a stumbling block. Jesus said this, John 16, 33, he said, I've told you this, that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials, not just a few, not just one, many trials. I talk to believers, I'm going through trials. Join the club. Amen. We're all part of the trial club right here. But then he says, and sorrow, but take heart. Why? Because I've overcome the world. Jesus is telling us, don't be surprised 
by the trial. Don't be surprised by the sorrow. Don't be surprised by the suffering. Uh, he goes, but know this, you'll have peace uh, because I've overcome the world. So if I'm with Jesus, I can overcome too. If I got Jesus, I can also overcome. So God's number one purpose in your pain is to make you more like Jesus. Were there times that Jesus was lonely? Yes. Were there times where Jesus was misunderstood? Yes. Were there times where Jesus was criticized? Yes. Were there times where he was maligned and judged? Yes. Were there times where Jesus suffered and he, he went through uh, fatigue in his life? Yes. Were there times where Jesus was tempted? Yes. If God did not spare his only son from pain and suffering, what makes you think he's going to spare you? Oh, I'm preaching better than you're clapping, but that's okay. That's okay. Some of you don't want to clap. It's too painful. Right? Hebrews 5.8 says, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. How did he do that? He proved, basically, he proved the meaning of obedience through suffering. You really can't say you're obeying God unless you've gone through a little bit of trials and battles in your life. Then you know what you're really made out of. That's why we don't allow people to just move into leadership and get on this platform. Hey, serve God a little while. Learn how to work through your battles and trials. It'll mature you. Because we understand that you, you, you're new and we're excited for you, but you haven't gone through the battles yet. You haven't gone through the, you, you haven't been battle tested yet. And when you go through that, then you're going to find out what's really there. And that's okay. It'll build you up. It ought to draw you closer to God. There are some things you can only learn through pain. How many would agree with that? There are, there are some things that you can only learn as you go through some pain in life. And Paul the Apostle actually tells the Corinthian church this. Look at what he says, man. This is, this is, this is wild. 2 Corinthians 7, 11, in the message translation, he says, Isn't it wonderful? This is Paul talking. All the ways in which th this distress has goaded you or provoked you closer to God. You're more alive. You're more concerned. You're more, cons you're more sensitive. You're more reverent. You're more human. You're more passionate. You're more responsible. Look at from any angle, you come out of this with a purity of heart. So Paul's talking to a group of people that have gone through the ringer. They have gone through some painful painful things in their life. They've been persecuted. They've been judged. They've gone through difficult situation. They have been uh, gone through some amazing suffering and pain. And yet he points out seven things. He goes, you know what? Look at what's come out of this though. He said, you're more alive. You're more concerned. You're more sensitive. You're more reverent. You're more human. You're more passionate. Yeah, how many want these things in your life? Well, you can't have them unless you get through some pain in your life. How many want to be more alive? Yes, okay, get some pain. How many want to be more compassionate? Yes, get some more pain in your life. Uh, how many want to be more responsible? Yes, get some more pain in your life. This is what Paul is saying to us. See, we want all of these things. We want the benefits, but we don't want the pain. Am I right? We want all the benefits. A pastor, can I just get the, all the benefits, but, but please hold, hold the pain, okay? Hold the pain. Hold the pickles. Hold the pain. I don't, I don't want the pain in my life. And I'm going to tell you, it's part, the secret to your victory many times is you've got to have some pain. In fact, what do you do? What, what, is the, what is the secret 
of being able to handle pain? What is the secret to people being even in sports and even in life, even financially or even relationally, what is the single most thing that people do when they're going through it and they're experiencing this pain is the ability, write this down, resilience. Resilience, listen to me, is the ability to bounce back despite the pressure, despite the trial. It doesn't break you, it makes you. And a lot of us here today, you've got to learn a little bit of resilience in your life. You've got to have the ability to bounce back and don't break under the pressure. Proverbs 24, 16 says, though a righteous righteous man, let me have some tea here. Thank you guys, all right. Though a righteous person falls seven times, he will get up, but the wicked will stumble in the ruin. So a lot of our problems and pains and difficulty, what makes the difference between winners and losers is the ability to have resilience. I'll never love another person, dumb idea. You're shutting yourself out from being loved by other people. I'll never do this. Yeah, and so you create this castle and you put water around and you pull up the drawbridge and I don't want, see, I want you to know today, you don't understand that God wants you to, he's building resilience in your life. He wants to make you a winner, not a loser. Am I right? And so all of us today need to understand that resilience is something that is brought or built on pain through adversity, through problems in our life. And this is why Paul, through the passages over and over in Scripture, he's talking about the real pain and suffering that he went through. Look at what he says. You want to know? Look at Paul's life right here. This is his testimony. A lot of us, don't, we skip over this in the Bible. Some of us have torn the page out, but it's still here. Second Corinthians 11.23, never expired. He said, I've been put in jail more often. So some of you that have been in jail, Paul has been in jail more often than you. Being whipped, I've been whipped times, uh, times without number. I, I, I can't even remember how many times I've been whipped. I faced death again and again. Uh, five different times I was whipped 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. That doesn't mean recreation only. That means they were throwing stones at him, Okay. Three times I was shipwrecked. I mean, one shipwreck would have told me I'm not getting on a boat again. This guy three times. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift in the sea. He was just, they were just floating in the sea. I faced dangers from flooded rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from angry crowds. I faced dangers in the city and in deserts and in e- even on stormy seas. I faced dangers from people who claim to be Christians but aren't. I've lived with weariness and pain and sleepless nights. Some of you, one sleepless night, oh my God, look at this guy many times. I've often been hungry and thirsty. I've gone without food. Some of you can't even go hours without food. He goes, I've gone without food. I've often shivered with the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Besides all of this, I've had the daily burdens of all the churches that I've started. This guy has gone through some battles in his life. He's got a laundry list. Someone say amen. He's got a laundry list of things in his life. And Paul could have complained about all of this, but he had this resistance. There's an old commercial that some of you older folks know, the older commercial. Some of you younger people say, what's that? But we used to see it all the time. It was the old Timex commercial. It takes a licking, but keeps on ticking. Yeah, some of you older guys know that one. All right. I'm glad I'm not the only old person here. So what was it? 
It, it takes a licking but keeps on ticking. And they would put this watch through a whole bunch of different things. And, and it, it would just keep, they would listen to it, it keeps ticking. And, and there was this determination. What happens when you're resilient? It gives you a different perspective. It causes you to look at things through eternity, not earthly. For this reason, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, for this reason, we never become discouraged. Even though our physical being gradually decaying, yet our spiritual being is being renewed by day after day. And these temporary troubles we suffer will bring us tremendous eternal glory, much greater than the trouble. For we fix our attention not on things that we see, but on the things that are unseen. What can be seen lasts only for a time, but what cannot see lasts forever. See, our problems, our discouragement, all of this. See, a lot of us have this thing, how long, Lord? How many have ever asked that question? How long, Lord? How long am I going to go through this? How long is this going to happen? Number four, let me just share this. Through your pain, God brings good out of bad. This is where most of us say, no, can I just take the good and not the bad? But in Scripture, God says it over and over, God specializes in bringing good out of bad. Here's this popular Scripture, if you haven't, you don't know it yet already, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. This is a phenomenal word, and I'm going to kind of break it down as best I could. God says everything. In other words, God causes everything to work. Not just something, but everything. Everything, no matter what you've gone through in your life. This is what he says. First of all, he says, for we know. I'm not talking about we hope. He's not saying we wish. We just imagine. We desire. We know. We're confident. Paul says, I'm confident of this, that God causes everything. In other words, he's the grand designer. He's able to take all the, it, it's not good luck, it's not bad luck, it's God pulling the string. Can you say amen? God knows, we know that God causes everything to come together. What does everything include? Uh, your dumb decision, it includes our sin, it includes painful things that have happened in our life, it includes cancer, it includes miscarriages, it includes hurts, it includes divorce, it includes death of a parent, death of a friend, it includes it all. So he causes everything, not he makes that happen, he causes everything to fit together, are you with me? Even the good, the bad, and the ugly. Amen. Somebody say amen. Even when things are not good, we know rape is not good. We know cancer is not good. We know all of these things are not good. But he said he causes them to work together. God puts all the pieces together, and he makes something good out of it. I've used this illustration before, but I want to use it. Individually, individually, those things, those events that happen in our life may not taste and may not feel good. I always use this illustration of baking a cake. The individual component of the cake may not taste good. How many know if you take some flour and you down it, you go, oh, man, that's, what's that? You take some, you know, raw eggs, you know, some, some of you might, you know, you rocky guys, but most of us, uh, they, yeah. The oil, oh, my goodness. The butter just by itself. The baking powder, the salt, the vanilla, 
the raw sugar. Are you guys kicking me off already? All these different stuff may not taste good individually. But when you put it all together and you put it in the oven and you bake it, it becomes the cake. Are you with me? He causes all these things for our good. Individually, when you went through it, individually, piece by piece, it was piece by piece, it's ugly. Piece by piece, it's not good. Piece by piece, it's distasteful. Can God bring good even out of evil? Yes. Jesus went through the greatest pain than you and I can ever suffer, the crucifixion. The crucifixion was not something glorious, it was evil. They crucified people all the time. Jesus wasn't the only one crucified. The Romans perfected crucifixion and they wanted the victim to suffer as much pain that he could possibly suffer. That's why they nailed him on the cross. That's why they would put nails in the feet and it would cause the person, the victim that was on the cross to suffocate and, 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 and dehydrate. But they, would, they perfected it where the person would suffer for a long, long time. But we know out of the crucifixion, you and I are forgiven. Something good came out of it. Somebody say amen. We're redeemed. See, there's a lot of things when we look at life and we say, man, could anything good come out of something bad? Do you know that even Jesus' genealogy, his family line, it's not a bunch of clean people. There's a lot. In fact, in genealogy, Jewish genealogy, they would only mention the, the, the man's name. They would only mention men. The genealogy came from the man. But it's extraordinary in Matthew that they mentioned four women in Jesus' genealogy. And look at who they mentioned, which is really kind of extraordinary. The first one is a woman by the name Tamar. Tamar had two evil husbands that died, and then she got pregnant by her father-in-law. That's not a great resume. The second woman they mentioned is Rahab. She was a prostitute in Jericho. The third woman it's mentioned is Ruth. She wasn't even Jewish, she was a Moabite. <clears throat> Excuse me, she was an enemy of God. In fact, it wasn't even legal for her to marry a Jewish man. So she had broken the law by doing that. And then the fourth one is Bathsheba, who committed adultery with King David. Not exactly excellent reputation, but God chose these women through that family nine to bring the birth of Jesus Christ. Never be ashamed of what God brought you out of. Never be ashamed of what God's done in your life. A lot of us today, we've experienced pain. A lot of us today, we've gone through trials. We've gone through battles in our life. Believe it or not, and you can write this fifth one down, and I'm going to go through it really quick. God uses our pain to be a witness to the world. See, we impress people with our strength, but we connect with people through our weaknesses. There are times that God is going to use the pain in your life to be a witness. You know what the world is looking at? As we go through battles, the world, they're not, they're, they're not uh, impressed by how great we are and, you know, all these different things. Man, what changes and what touches the people that are looking from the outside is they see believers, man, that are resilient. They see believers that, you know what, they've gone through some pain, but they're still faithful to God. There be, you'll find out that those people, they will call you. When they're going through a battle, you know why they're going to call you? Because they know. They go, I know that guy. 
He's gone through some things, and I know he's a believer, man. If he can make it, I can make it. All of us today have gone through some kind of pain in our life today. We're not successful. See, this is what happens. Our success tries to cover up our pain, and we want people to think we got it all together. We don't got it all together. We're broken. We're a mosaic. And believe it or not, when, when, when God sees you, you're, you're, you're all, you're, we're, all, we're all mosaic. Can I just be honest? All of us. All of us have some form. We need to get rid of the front. Am I right? Get rid of the front. Say, I've been broken and redeemed by Jesus. Hallelujah. I, my life is full of pain. Can I tell you, my, my life has been full of pain, but God's been able to redeem a lot of that. You know, I grew up in a neighborhood where people were gangbanging, where people were getting beat up all the time. I remember seeing that as a kid. I remember, I remember saving a guy's life who had OD'd on, on heroin. And, and finally called my, my brother. They woke him up. That guy, he was, he was going to die. I remember being there. And I remember being in school. I'll just be honest. Because I was Latino and I was the, the minority in the school. Almost every other day I was threatened by another race of people. All the time. Wanted, wanted to beat me, beat me up because I was Latino. And I was thinking, man, this is crazy. And I finally got out of that school about a year later. But it was wild. But it, it taught me how to have resilience. I think about my oldest brother, who I, I loved him so much, but he was alcoholic since uh, I could remember, since he was like 20 years old. And he died of alcoholism. And it's really painful. I think about my mom, who died of COVID last year, how painful that is. I think about my wife, who was pregnant for six months, and we lost our twin baby boys. It was painful. And I was pastoring this church, and we were pastoring right here. I think about those things. And see, the thing about it, it can make you bitter or it can make you better. You can say, God's going to cause it to work for the good. Can you say amen? So I, I, say to, I say to you, the reason I say these things to you, because I don't want you to ever think that I'm painless, that I got it all together. Oh, they, I, I want you to know that I'm a mosaic just like you. And friend, if we'll allow God to use us, we'll minister to people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Lord God, that you take, take our brokenness, you take our pain, and God, you're able to make something beautiful out of it. God, today, you take our ashes, and, and Lord, you make beauty out of ashes. You put a, 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 a Lord, you give us, you put an oil over us of gladness over our despair. So, Father, I pray today, reach across this room. Reach across this place today. Father, as I look around this room, I see mosaic. I see brokenness. I see pain. But, God, I also see that you can bring beauty out of ashes. So if you're in this room right now, every head bowed, or you're listening online, every eye closed, for just a moment, no one, no one walking around or looking around right now, you're in this room, you say, Pastor... I know what you're talking about. I've gone through some things in my life. Friend, don't go through this by yourself. Without Christ, without the Lord in your life, you're all alone, friend. You need Jesus in your life. He can heal you. He's here. He, he's literally here to heal your pain, heal your hurt, and heal your sin. Because a lot of times, it's our own doing. Our own sin has, has caused a lot of pain in our life today. But thank God we serve a God that redeems. He serve a God that restores. So if you're in this room right now, you say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. I need Christ in my life. 
I need that forgiveness. I need that restoration. I need that healing you're talking about. I need Jesus in my life, whoever you are, whatever walk of life you come from. However young or old you are, you need the Lord in your life. Raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. Right over here, this young lady here. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. You can put your hand down. Thank you very much. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else in this room? You just be honest with God. Said, I need the Lord. See, we have to be honest. See, we come to church. This is not a time to put a f- up a front. This is not a time to act like we got it all together. Because you're not fooling anyone. Honestly, you're, you're not fooling me. You're not fooling God. Because I, I know people. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a person too. But I'll tell you, if you'll be honest, say, man, I need God in my life. I need Jesus in my life. We'll pray for you. We're not here to embarrass you. We're not here to shame you. We're here to pray for you today. Is there anyone else right now? You say, you know, Pastor, I need God in my life. I need the Lord in my life right now. Raise your hand right now. Raise it up. If you haven't raised it up already, raise it up right now. Say, that's me. I need God in my life. Or maybe you were once walking with God, but you're away from God. You need to come back to the Lord. Raise your hand. Who are you? Right now. Say, that's me. I need to come back right now. Let's not be ashamed. Let's take it out of the closet. I need God right now. Is there anyone else right now? You need the Lord. You need the Lord. Amen. You raise your hand right now. Amen. This young lady, you, you, you raise your hand down. You mean that? Amen. Why don't we stand together? You can stand. And, and if you could come, we're going to have someone pray with you right here. Would you come? Amen. Will somebody pray with her. Go ahead and lead her to the Lord. Desiree right there. Is there anybody else that you say, you know what? I need to come forward. Des, can you pray with her right here? God bless you. Thank you for coming. She's going to pray with you right here. Is there anybody else? You say, that's me. That's me. I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life. Make your way down here. How many right now, you say, you know what, Pastor? I'm going through some pain in my life. I can't even figure it out, man. I don't even know why I'm going through it. Man, I, I've, I've gone through some things in my life, and man, I, I, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm getting bitter and not getting better. God wants to bring some healing in your life. Maybe there could be relation, relational, could be financial, could be spiritual, could be something happening in your family. I want you to know God wants to bring healing. He wants to help you in the midst of your pain. I'm going to open the altar right now. Just come come right now maybe you're married they're going to lead us in in worship but i'm going to open the altar right now if, if there's time to be honest i've been i've been honest with you i've been transparent there's time to be honest god i need some healing i need some help i i need you to help me right now come on guys lead us in. thanks so much for listening to this message from reach church paramount to stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.